Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. Uh, we took a short holiday sabbatical last week, but now we're back. Uh, Thomas, how was your holiday weekend? It was good. I saw family. I was hanging out with uh, some family that I had, and I just kind of chilled out and watched sports and did all the Thanksgiving stuff. What did you do? <laughs> Nothing much. It's, a, uh, it's always a, a bit of a busy weekend for me because it usually is the same weekend as my dad's birthday. So mm. luckily this year I had it was on Sunday, my dad's birthday. So at least it oh, wasn't. Okay. Some, years, some years it's on Thanksgiving, which sucks for him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's a fun day. Yeah. Um, can't choose what you want to eat. Can't choose what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You Everything's chosen for you. Yeah. Uh, you know who it's not a fun time for right now? That's um, the LSU women's basketball team. Um, this has been, what, a couple weeks at this point that we've been going through the... Um, Angel Reese hasn't been with the team for like two weeks, three weeks? Something like that. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It was, what was it? The first, she was benched for the second half of the game against Kent State, which feels like it was about six years ago uh, at, for how long this story has gone on. And um, Kim Mulkey just refused to mention why. It was a coach's decision. Okay, whatever. You can't really argue with that. You don't know what the issue was or if there even was an issue. Uh, and then uh, she just stopped traveling with the team. Um, for multiple games. She has not been with the team since that game. And again, there's no reason. Also, the first game that she wasn't with the team was the Kim Mulkey at the press conference being sick. It's not allergies because she, quote, ain't a sissy, which is mm. hilarious. <laughs> I guess I'm a sissy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a super <laughs> sissy because I, I have an EpiPen and everything. Like, I, She's probably like, damn. That's get, a get skill your life issue. together. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a hazelnut and dying is a skill issue. Um, and she won't test for COVID and told the reporters to blame her if they have the flu for Thanksgiving, which was particularly like crazy portion of that. Like kind of distracted from the Angel Reese thing just by the notion of her being so insane in that press conference. And so, like, for people who don't like this is kind of what she is all the time. Like this is kind of her thing. Like she's just out there like that. That's why people are very strongly rooting for her downfall. Like if, if you're new to this, <laughs> this is why people don't like her because she, she's out there in very not good ways. Yeah. Um, she uh, like this, this has been for like, like you said, this has always been her thing. I mean, I think for a lot of people, um, one of the biggest, moments of this was the whole I'm not going to say anything about Brittany Griner not even a I yep. hope she gets home safe and then did you talk to her after she came home no and this is yep. the most notable player she's ever coached like yep. brought her to a championship everything like that no comment uh, I'm actually going into look right now so the Kent State game was on November 14th we're recording this November 27th so it's been about two weeks and uh, four games that she hasn't been with the team um, and I'm going to assume she probably isn't going to be with the team for the foreseeable future, um, just by virtue of not hearing anything. Um, the One of the weirdest aspects of this to me was the um, the mom beef that was happening between Angel Reese's mom and Flo J's mom, where I, I, I don't know what the catalyst was. No one really knows what the catalyst was. Angel Reese's mom put out some Instagram story about 
being angry at someone generally, and then Flo J's mom responded and brought up, didn't name anyone, but said, you know, you shouldn't really be concerned with grammar. Your daughter has a 2.0 or less GPA. So that might, (laughs) she might be missing just due to academic ineligibility, but honestly, though, what, what, but do you think uh, (laughs) anyone at LSU cares what her GPA is? No. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Like, if we're talking about high-level college sports, do you think any of the any of these, like, not any, I would say a lot of athletes probably are for real about their degrees. Like, Josh Jobs is literally, he's in the NFL, and he has, like, a, he is, he's, like, a rocket scientist. Like, yeah, it's like some people <laughs> are taking their school seriously. But some people absolutely do not, and I don't think any school cares, you know? Yeah. So I highly well- doubt it's because of that. She's also doing these, you know, she she was open about the fact that this year, because she was too much of a celebrity on campus, um, she's doing online courses. And I have to imagine that she's not doing, like, high-level physics online oh, classes. No. Again, yeah. not like you, you can't if you're a college athlete. We've seen plenty of college athletes, especially women's athletes, because they're sort of locked into the four-year college track with women's yeah. basketball. I agree um, with that, yeah. Yeah, but, she, you know, I don't think LSU would really be pushing some sort of weird uh, academic ineligibility thing with her, given that she is their star. She's a star. Yeah, she's the, she's the if not the biggest, the second biggest name in women's college basketball. Like, yeah. every everyone knows who she is. And they won yeah. last year, and she was, the, she was the best player on the team. And, like, she didn't even, like, the, the team went to the Cayman Islands, um, a few days ago and she didn't travel with the team to the Cayman Islands. So like, she is like fully on the bench, like yeah, not traveling with the team to an overseas trip and all that. Not overseas is a strong word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like that's a big deal. And that's something's going on with her and, and the LSU women's basketball team as a whole. Yeah. It's, it's really odd like this does and the other thing with the academic ineligibility that makes no sense to me is if it was that why would she get pulled halfway through a game this isn't like a covid test where like you find out uh oh we're halfway into the game and you actually tested positive get out get off the court this is you know what your grades are it's not like a test grade came through halfway through the game and she dropped below 2.0 yeah like exactly (laughs) like it's not that's not how it works like i don't know it's just very strange there's going to be some big story written about it. I would either assume at some point this year or when the season's over, if it actually extends that far. But also I would assume at some point Reese comes back and yeah, is, I wouldn't be surprised if the GPA stuff ends up being an excuse. Like if there's a bigger story that LSU doesn't want out and they just say that because, and also we don't even know if it's true. Like it's just two people saying stuff on Instagram. It could be anything, but yeah. I don't know. Something it's something weird because she's too big of a player and too good of a player to just be sent home for no reason. Um, yeah. And I of mean, course it also could be Kim Mulkey being a psychopath. Like I'm not <laughs> I am not putting it past her being the reason either for some stupid reason. Oh, I again, that story that ends up getting written about this once all of the pieces fall where they are. This is this feels like a classic like this is going to be Kim Mulkey pulling some sort of power play here where Oh yeah. Yeah, 100%. earlier in the season, what was it? That first game that they lost of the year, where she was against like, well, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought that some people would have been better leaders. Felt very pointed. 
yeah, and then all this stuff happens. Like it feels like there's just a disconnect between Mulkey and Reese. And frankly, I I trust Angel Reese more than Kim Mulkey. <laughs> so <laughs> like like yeah. I know whose side I'm gonna assume I'm going to be on. Obviously, stuff could change, but I would highly doubt yeah. Mulkey is not at fault here. That's my that would be my assumption yeah. going Given- forward is that she's doing something. Given the track records of the two people we know, and and yes, Angel Reese's track record is much shorter than Kim Mulkey's, but Kim Mulkey's is also batshit insane. So exactly. you know you gotta you gotta take what you uh, what you can see. Uh, I also think that the whole idea of this academic ineligibility sort of raises this very interesting discussion, where basically these schools are are running these athletics programs like professional teams, um, which is you know, great for the players and their, you know, NIL money and everything like that. But also if you're, if you're a school and you're basically, you know, in a way pimping out these players to just be your professional sports team, instead of actually helping them do well in school and get some sort of degree and learn something like, what's the point at this point? Like, this is why players leave school after a year or two in the, in the men's uh, leagues. Cause the, if they don't want to be in school, what's the point? Yeah. And I mean, I think if the WNBA can does grow in the way that I can see it growing in terms of money for player for professional players, um just like the NWSL finally matching the WNBA's TV money, I could see the WNBA then like taking the next step and then they kind of keep going following suit in that direction with each other. But at some point the the players association is going to be like they don't because right now you have to stay right you you're locked yeah. in that's i'm sure going to change and the eligibility is going to change to being like one and dones or maybe two and dones like maybe you do a how college football works where you have to be a certain age to be in the nfl like eligible for the draft like you could be a sophomore but if you're 20 then it's fine you know what i mean like you can't yeah. be a 19 year old going to the nfl because it's just dangerous but maybe the WNBA kind of slowly but surely gets there to being one and dones. Like, I don't think we would ever have high school girls going because they're eliminating that from the men's game. They don't really want men doing that at this point anymore. So the the W does have the, the age limit thing, but it is basically restricting four four year seniors anyway. Like the only time you get that is if like Sabrina Ionescu was technically eligible to enter after her junior year because she was 22 by January 1st of 2020. But yeah, but 22 is old. Like 22 is exactly. They're they're gonna lower that age, but they do have that age limit thing where juniors can enter the league, but in very specific circumstances. It's a it's a it's it's basically a a grade age. Like if you're 22, either you redshirted because you got hurt or something like that. Like there's plenty of things that could happen, but for the most part, you're going to be 22 and a senior. And I think that ends up changing just because I think at some point the WO is, is getting there to be more of like a professional league in that sense. There already is, but like a bigger deal and a bigger deal is going to want the Caitlin Clarks to have that performance they had in the tournament and then go pro because that's how, that's how you keep eyeballs on the market. And that's how you keep stuff getting excited because like, everyone's like, Oh, if you're new to this, you're like, Oh, is she going to be in the WNBA next year? It's like, Nope, you could watch her play at Iowa, but (laughs) someone who you didn't watch this year is going to be the first overall, you know what I mean? And then it's kind of like, Oh, like, 
that's kind of a bummer because the whole point of you're trying to create the pipeline between people buying in on an angel Reese and then her going pro right after she does the, you can't see me stuff after she wins a championship. <laughs> like that's a huge marketing thing, you know? Yeah. And it, they kind of lost that. They, yeah. they lose that if they force you to stay there for four years. And of course, like you get your degree and that's nice and that's important too. And I feel like education is something that goes by the wayside with college sports a lot, even though I love college sports, I watch plenty of it, but yeah, I just think at some point we're going to see that go away because it's kind of old. It's outdated. Yeah. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that's part of the next CBA. I would drop down of that. You know, it, it's I, three years away. I don't, I could see that being totally a thing. I'm also shocked. No one did the Brandon Jennings thing where he didn't go to college and he went overseas at 18 and then became draft eligible that way. Like, I'm surprised you don't see that more in the, like, with women's basketball, like, for really big names. Yeah. But I guess, like, we're not there yet in terms of popularity. Like, yeah. that's a I curious mean, thing, too, because those leagues are big. Yeah. Like, the, the make, overseas leagues are... bank going over there, too. Especially exactly. before NIL, they would have made bank. Exactly. So, I wonder, I, I, I kind of, and I just thought about that right now. I wonder what stops them from doing that. Yeah. It's, it. This is going to be very interesting to watch play out with uh, Angel Reese. But this does pose the question for me, at least. Um, Kim Mulkey, is she a top five sports villain? Oh, currently? she's up there. She's up there. <laughs> I, this, this, she's very disliked. <laughs> and also, like, I feel like we have to go like, non-owner's division. Like, we yeah. got to take ownership out of it because then that's like she's not even like they all are awful. But for coaches, she's got to be up there. People. Yeah hate her like <laughs> people are like unhappy with the way that she does things and it's just people were straight rooting against lsu for her <laughs> like people were like i'm happy lsu won but uh, i really had to be heard like that was all of my twitter timeline when yeah. when lsu won last year it was like really it couldn't be a different yeah, coach it, it, it's like especially it's a very special kind of hatred for her too because i feel like a lot of sports it's like the teams that are directly your rivals really hate the other team's coaches or, or players and stuff like that. But it feels like just generally women's basketball fans in general all dislike Kim Mulkey. Like this, I don't think that there are this. If there's a Kim Mulkey fan out there, they're a very lonely person <laughs> because yeah. boy, everyone hates her. <laughs> For sure. You know, she looks like a 1960s Batman villain, and she's openly trying to give all the reporters COVID. Like, it's really like, bizarre. It's different stuff. Like, absolutely, like, cartoon villain stuff. <laughs> All right. So, I, I I think we've covered just about everything we can just because there's no actual known quantities to this other than Angel Reese ain't playing. Uh, so, let's – we'll take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we will discuss sort of the other somewhat notable news in the uh, women's college basketball sphere. All right, and we're back. Uh, so the other thing, this was sort of spurred out of a uh, major injury that happened this week um, in women's college basketball, which is uh, UConn's Azzy Fudd went out with a medial meniscal tear and an ACL tear, um, which is sort of, I mean, it's terrible. It sucks for her. Um, I assume she, this is her junior year. 
this is a she's another player especially now i wouldn't be surprised if she takes that extra year but it just it sucks she's struggled with injuries so much through her you know just numbers of games wise brief college career but she's a great player when she's not hurt yeah she's really good but i mean unfortunately can't stay on the court it's just yeah. so much and like yukon uh, in general they just cannot stay healthy everyone's yeah. getting <laughs> everyone is getting hurt <laughs> for them like one of my good friends honestly one you you know him too Corey from um yeah amazing every stuff he's a big because i think he went there but like he i was talking to him about this and he was like geez man <laughs> like every this is just a <laughs> this team is getting devastated every year with huge injuries and they're yeah. not small ones they're like here's one of your best players see them next year like that's crazy stuff <laughs> yeah i actually there's a tweet um, from an account that's named Fire Gino, which is, in, uh, you know, we'll tell you what the vibe is of this Twitter page, but it's a screenshot of like a notes page with all of the major injuries listed for UConn. Um, in 2021, 2022, I'm going to try and just speed run through this, but there's a lot. Aubrey Griffin back surgery out for season. December 1st, Azzy Fudd foot injury missed 11 games. December 5th, Paige Becker's tibial plateau fracture missed 19 games. December 8th, Nicomal uh, foot injury missed three games. Late December, COVID outbreak. January 17th, Kristen Williams COVID missed three games. January 3rd, Dorka Juhas foot injury missed two games. Gino misses game due to injury on February 2nd. I don't really feel like that should be in there. Like coaches... And, like, the COVID stuff doesn't really fit the rest of this. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think the COVID <laughs> stuff counts, but I, I understand the I understand what they're saying. Yeah. So there's, you also, know. Gino fully, like, took time away from the team, right? Because he was, yes. like, had, like, a so, health problem. Yeah, so he took time away, I think, in 2021 and 2022 as well. Um, So there was, what, three more injuries after Gino got hurt in 2021, which discounting COVID in that single college season there was one two three four five six seven injuries that caused players to miss multiple games if not the season uh in 2022 2023 obviously Paige becker's tearing her acl was like the big one uh but you had in addition to that uh ice brady dislocated her patella you broke her thumb as he fud injured her knee nicomal Concussion Jeez. protocol. <laughs> Aubrey Griffin just missed two games. There's no explanation there. Uh, Asi Fudd then re-injures her knee. Um, Caroline Ducharme, concussion protocol, and Dorka Yuha's ankle sprain. And that discounts two games missed by Gino due to illness. And Chris Daly, the assistant coach, who I think was at this point taking over the coaching duties due to Gino missing time, collapsed at a game and was taken to the hospital. Again, I forgot about season. that. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then so far this uh, this year... Over the summer, you had uh, Ayanna Patterson knee surgery. She's missed four games so far. Uh, Amara, Amari DeBerry back surgery. She missed the summer games. Uh, Jana L. Alfie tore her Achilles out for the season. And Azzy Fudd tore her ACL out for the season. That's a Do lot. you know if it's the same knee um, for Fudd? For Fudd, it, it, like what she hurt this year as opposed to last year? She hurt her right knee this year. Do you know what okay. knee it was last year? Let me see. Uh, Azzy Fudd. Yeah, it was her right knee. Oh, that sucks. So that's <laughs> that... that's a recurring problem. <laughs> yes. I wonder if it was just kind of like teetering on the on the fence there and it, something happened and it just popped. Yeah. But, but that like that's 
that sucks for her. It sucks for the team. It's just they cannot stay healthy. And yeah. when it's this many people, I think it was Diamond to Shields who tweeted out asking about this. Um, when it's team-wide yeah. like that, you do have to sort of take a look at the strength coach at that point. Um, yeah, it's team-wide, and it's not a contact sport. Like, yeah. It's team-wide if it's a if it's a contact sport and it's team-wide, then it's kind of like, well, sometimes you hurt your knee in a contact sport. But basketball, you shouldn't be having a laundry list. People get hurt in basketball, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of sprained ankles and stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff that you can't control. But this is a lot. And it's yeah. a lot of stuff. And it's different stuff. So it's like, what are they doing? And it's UConn women's basketball. This is like the... When you think of women's basketball, you think of UConn, you know? Yeah. And they can't keep a uh, woman on the court. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And Azzy Fudd's um, father re- responded to Diamond to Shields and uh, described the injuries as just fluke. Like, oh, these are all just the flukiest injuries you've ever seen. Some of them are. Sometimes that happens, obviously. We see... it. Pl- m- athletes go down with the flukiest injuries of all time. I mean, we're both Met fans and we watched Edwin Diaz jump up and yeah, down so, twice yeah. and just pop his knee. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, fluky stuff happens, but this is a pattern. Like, this is, something's going on here, and it's a lot of, like, foot injuries, ankle injuries, leg injuries, like, it, this seems like a, a concise issue. Yeah, it's a lot of lower bodies, and in, of all the sports, like, yeah, you can't the, the the lower body should be like what the what you're preventing injuries from the most like you're using it constantly so i don't know that's a tough one that's that's a tough pill to squat swallow for yukon in general and i i don't think it will because they're yukon but i wonder at some point people are like can't you, you can't keep people on the court i could just go somewhere else now in 2023 yeah. or 2024 rather but i don't think so i think yukon will always have the recruiting that yeah of course but uh someone you know you don't know how much to take this into account but i did look this up they brought in a new person for strength and conditioning who had been there previously but like 20 years ago they brought her back um three years ago which is right before all this started happening so you know there's a question to be had there what's the issue here that started at the same time that this new person, obviously you can't pin it all on, on, on her, but there is a question to be had there that this all started as soon as they brought in a new person. 100%. Uh, but I mean, the fun thing for, um, UConn fans, if, if they have to find something fun for the season amid all of the sadness, um, Paige Beckers is back. This feels like a monkey paw situation where they were like, please let Paige Beckers come back and be good again. And the monkey paw curled. (laughs) Yeah. She'll be the only one healthy. How about that? Uh, She's looks great. It's fun. Yeah. She's incredible. Like it's, it's very much um, because she's been gone for so long and so much has happened in the NCAA while she was gone, that it's very much a, at least for me, it was like, I kind of forgot that she was like that. <laughs> she yeah. really liked that. She's really like that. Like, she's good. It's, it's, it's I'm actually going to go to her on the Yukon Huskies roster page. Uh, let's see. So this, so far this season, she's averaging 20 points a game, 20.7 points, five rebounds, 2.7 assists. Uh, she's shooting 48.9 from the floor. 
Uh, she's good, folks. <laughs> yeah, just one of the best players in the sport right now. Yeah, it's um, just bar none. Yeah, she's it's fun and um, yeah, this she could enter the draft after next year, I believe, uh, or she could take that extra year. Wouldn't be surprised if she takes that extra year. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be knows. surprised either. It, yeah. I I kind of wonder if it's one of those situations where um kind of just sees what the vibe is in yeah whatever, whenever Moss just to declare I don't remember what it is offhand but yeah like if, if she if she sees other people drop out of that draft she might take yeah. that so that she would go easily number oh, one if yeah. if one or two people drop from that she's going one on one yeah like maybe she wants to maybe she prioritizes being the first person in the draft maybe she wants to get her legs back under her more at UConn. Maybe she just gets her legs back under her at UConn, and she's like, well, I might as well just not risk it because I've already torn my ACL. Um, <laughs> you never know. There's a, I, think there, I think she's more of a 50-50 case than a, I think she's taking the year back because I yeah. think it could go. I truly think it depends on how, she go, how her season goes. Yeah. Because if she's great, and she's one of the best players in the league again, then there's no real reason for her to go back. Yeah. Outside of money. But <laughs> but she kind of missed that first huge year of the NIL stuff. Yeah, she missed it so being it, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So you 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 know, that might factor into the NIL stuff as well as her decision to go to the W. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think we've I think we've covered that pretty well. So let's uh, let's take a break and we'll come back finally with some uh, just random other college basketball stuff because there's not a lot of pro stuff to cover. All right, and we're back. Uh, so just some miscellany uh, college hoops news. Uh, Caitlin Clark broke Kelsey Plum's uh, record for 30-plus point games for a Division One athlete, which is uh, incredible. She's just... She's that good. She she really, she's just, I feel like every single game there's like a Caitlin Clark broke a record. So it's crazy. I was thinking about this when, um, when I was looking at the, at the, at our, at the, at the outline that you wrote. Um, I don't see how any WNBA team is like awful soon. There's just so many talented players around that every team is going to get talented players in the draft. Like it's just, there's more talent than picks at one, at some point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's fun. There's there's such there's going to be such an influx of really talented women coming into the league, and it's a great thing. It's a great time to be a WNBA fan or a women's basketball fan in general. Yes, because yeah, the ball is really good. Like <laughs> she's out here. Like we just talked about how good. Uh, Paige Beckers looks, and then it's like, oh, Caitlin Clark is setting records, and oh, like yeah. <laughs> Angel Reese isn't playing, and she's going to come back and be one of the best players in the in in the in college again. And yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, it, it's it's really fun to watch, and like you said, it's it's because there's so few teams in the league. Once all of these good players come flooding into the league, there's really not going to be room for more of the middle of the pack players that you would find on a team, and you also have older players who are probably on their, their way out of the league. You know, it sucks to say, but like Diana Taurasi isn't going to be around for much longer. No, I mean, so... I'm sure she's <laughs> done after this year, but yeah, I, I can't see her sticking around much longer. And, and there's several other players around the league who are getting older and, and, you know, they're going to have to, 
they're going to have, they got to find new players to fill those spots at a certain point. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Phoenix Mercury are going to have to find a really good player in that number 12 pick next year that they get. Cause they traded their number, their, their top of the, the, uh, draft pick to the Liberty for some reason. And that's like, <laughs> that I'm going to be staring at that draft <laughs> board. Like when we finally, when we find out like what it actually is looking like and where they'll pick and like, who's going to be around. I'm going to be staring at that thing. Like you wouldn't believe. Let me tell you. They've got a coach who has already said that he doesn't know how women's basketball works. They've got a team where their main engine is 42 years old like, and they're the next year's draft pick is dependent on the two years before, which are this past season and whatever happens this next season. They're gonna be a top pick. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so. It might be the first pick, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Could you like, imagine? Because <laughs> they don't look great. So that would be so funny. I would. That would. That would be like a real. I'm gonna be the most annoying person on earth moment for oh, me. Yeah, so annoying. <laughs> Um, you also, you sent me a clip last week of Hannah Hildago from, um, oh Notre Dame. <laughs> that steal that she made. She I've, is, she's like a breakout. She's, she's incredible. <laughs> I saw, let me try to find it now. But, um, she goes to Notre Dame for those who don't know. <laughs> and she is last week. She averaged 24 points and five and a half steals a game. <laughs> she leads the she leads the ACC in points per game with 25 and steals 6.3. 6.3. This is like <laughs> video game shit. Like I don't fully understand how she's stealing, how she's getting six steals a game. Like that's that's crazy. Like crazy high. And the, well, I mean, the steal was absolutely incredible. Uh, Chris Williamson to be that Hidalgo be playing man to man defense as if tomorrow won't arrive. It literally, the, the just the craziest thing. Player on uh, Northwestern's just dribbling up the court and she just pokes it out of her hands and then knocks her to the ground. It's great. She's, she, she's going to be one of those really fun players to watch over the next however many years it takes for, for her to reach the league because the CBA might change in the middle of her college career. Just for, just for uh, context, the NBA and ABA career leaders for record – sorry, career leaders for steals per game is Alvin Robertson, who played in the 80s and 90s, with 2.71. He is averaging six. Like, that's nuts. Like, unheard of stuff in basketball to average six steals a game. Truly, truly unicorn stuff, what she's doing. Like, really special. Like, it sounds like I'm being facetious. I'm not. I think it's truly special, her steals. Yeah. Two days ago, she had... Two days ago, she had 25 points, five rebounds, seven assists, eight steals. Like, what in the world is that line? <laughs> That's crazy stuff. Yeah, she just gets it. It's, it's like just something that she has two steals. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, that was a good game for them. Wild stuff. <laughs> 38 steals through six games. Like, what? She has she's averaging six steals a game. The next player on Notre Dame averaging the most steals is 
a tie between Cassandra Proper and KK Bransford, who are averaging 1.8 steals a yeah. game. Yeah. And 1.8 steals per game is, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan She's averaged 2.3 per game. Like, what did you say it was? One point what? It was one point eight. Was the next two players on the list? One point eight would tie would would put them above Hakeem Olajuwon for steals in for for in their career. It's like thirtieth all time in the NBA. Well, thirty fifth, or sorry, thirty fourth. That's nuts. Like, because that's a good number. One steal a game. I just insane stuff. So truly special stuff. So the next highest player in in the NCAA women's basketball for steals is a player, um, Elisa Mevius of the Siena Saints, who's averaging five a game. Um, This team is not ranked, so I'm going to guess that they are not a fantastic team, probably not playing fantastic opponents. Um, (laughs) Doggo is crushing it. And she's also shooting really well too. Like we're we're yeah. sitting here, we're talking about how good she is. She's shooting fifty six point six percent from the floor. Like, like she's good. <laughs> she she's a really she's like a good player who has this like unicorn skill of being able to just consistently steal steal the ball. And yeah, for for lack of a better way to put it, it's really wild. And she's a freshman, which is also adding on to it. She also leads her team in assists. She's second with rebounds. Uh, and she's averaging, she's leading the team in points too. Like she is a superstar and it's her first year. Insane stuff. And she's five, six. She's not tall. Yeah. She's like, not tall. Yeah. <laughs> she's from Haddonfield, New Jersey. I'm going to, I'm really going to be rooting for, uh, for her. I can't wait to see what she does. This is going to be really fun. Um, Another player I'm really rooting for, and we talked about this before, uh, Aaliyah Gales, the the player that was profiled in that ESPN uh, profile a few weeks ago, the player who was shot nine times at a at a high school party and has since come back, and is is she's played in two games this year. Um, she only put in two minutes in the first game, but she played twelve games in the second, twelve minutes in the second game, uh, one rebound, two assists, one steal, four turnovers, um, but. I mean, the fact that she's back at all, especially this soon, that's a miracle. And, And, uh, um, (laughs) like, fantastic. Wild stuff. She was shot once in each limb. She had a bullet hole once in each limb. She had 18 bullet wounds because every single bullet went in and out. It's truly, like, that's also story of the year. Like, truly special stuff. And like USC's been pretty good this year. They haven't been they've been terrible. So like, you know, th- this is going to be a continuing story. I I hope she. I mean, obviously, I can't see them. You know, pushing her to thirty five minutes or whatever. But just to see her come into these games, I've I've been keeping an eye on it. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a a ton of stuff that's been out of the ordinary. The teams that should win are pretty much winning. I mean, there was that big story the other day that UCLA beat UConn, but also UCLA is currently ranked higher than UConn, so not really a shock. Um, South Carolina, I think it was, beat a team by like a hundred, by like did like the funny LSU uh, win from a few weeks ago where they won by like 87 points or something like that. Was yeah, really funny. Let me- you still get that stuff in the women's game a little bit because there's 
there's still a bit of a a gap in talent. Like there's more yeah. good teams now, but the really good teams, like the good teams, just are really good, and the bad teams are just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like right now, it's a lot of teams that are like, oh, this number two ranked team is playing this unranked terrible team. Let's see how that yeah. turns out. Uh, wait, I'm just trying to find it because I know it was recent. Uh, it was South Carolina. Where is it? It was like one of those scores I was clicking through the scoreboards to see like, oh, here we go. South Carolina beat Mississippi Valley 101 to 19. 19 is wild. Like, like this, is, this is the quarters. <laughs> this is the quarter breakdown for them. In the first quarter, Mississippi, South Carolina scored 24. Mississippi Valley scored six. In the second quarter, South Carolina scored 28. Mississippi Valley scored six again. In the third quarter, South Carolina scored 25. And Mississippi Valley scored four. And in the fourth quarter, South Carolina scored 24. And Mississippi Valley scored three. Three is different. <laughs> That's do you think it one was, shot. Do you think it was one three or was it like three extra, extra points? Three uh, free throws? Like. Let's see. I'll tell you right now. Um, let's see. I'm going through the the game. Let's see. That's the first quarter. Fourth quarter. We gotta find when it gets up to 19. It's one three point jumper. <laughs> in three minutes for three three minutes and fourteen left in the fourth quarter, Shadiamon McKnight made a three point jumper. Wait, it was they, 93 they, to 19. <laughs> They got shut out for way too long in that period. Jeez. Yeah, that was it. Was literally the quarter started sixteen and seventy-seven, and when they scored those three points, it was then ninety-three and nineteen. Insane. That's rough. <laughs> They're currently the Mississippi Valley State Devilettes, <laughs> not the That's Devils, kind of a... the Devilettes. Oh man. <laughs> They're one and five. So uh, yeah, the South Carolina Gamecocks—they're good. Who would have? Yeah, they are good. They are good for sure. <laughs> Such shocker. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm shocked by this revelation <laughs> that they're good, but they are good. Yeah, Dawn Staley, she sure knows how to coach basketball. I've said it this whole time; no one's wanted to listen. All right, so I think that I think that about wraps it up for us. We had a good little uh, little go of it. It's been a little slow recently, especially with like yeah. overseas. Really there's not right been now. a ton cooking. Just there's going to be some type of. I know it's coming at some point that obviously free agency is going to open and things will start to open up around the league. But then yeah. there's definitely going to be some expansion stuff and news and stuff like that that we get to talk yeah. about soon. I would just, I would assume. The, the most notable thing I can think of with actual W players is uh, Tierra McCowan just got released by her team in China, I believe, because of injury, which sucks for mm. her. She's been that sucks. She's been hurt. Yeah. But one, uh, that's another one. Yeah. Other than that, like not a ton. But like you said, expansion stuff probably coming soon. Um, I'm fully anticipating it being a team, a city we've not even heard be mentioned for expansion before. They're going to be like, please welcome our new expansion team in Tuscaloosa. That'd be kind of fire. <laughs> but uh, that, like you said, free agency, usually what, when did free agency open last year? End of January, beginning of February? I know the John Cole yeah. Jones trade was January. 
Yeah, that was January. I, and free agency opened after that, so I think it's around yeah. February. Yeah, so that'll probably we'll probably start hearing some rumblings soon in the coming weeks. Uh, although the John Quill Jones trade came out of nowhere, so who knows if there'll actually be rumblings. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Can't think of anything. All right. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, X, or whatever, um, at TOTK Pod, and we're available on Twitter. Uh, you can email us. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, at TOTKpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back next week with um, maybe more tales from the LSU saga. So keep, keep, keep your ears open and your eyes. And uh, we'll be back.